The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Bolivia, Canada, and the Netherlands, and in the states of Florida, Idaho, and New York. And a special thank you to Los Angeles, where well over a thousand people listened to my show last month. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, as you learn to hear the still, small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace. It is through this connection with the limitless part of yourself that miracles occur, like unexpected healing and love relationships and wealth. In our first show this year, Psychic Dwan Washington pointed out that this connection to our limitless higher self is essential to make the best use of the energy available in 2016. This is new energy entering the world that will allow us to change our destiny and create the life we desire. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is ask yourself, Will this bring me joy? This is a good question to ask when you're ready for the deepest level of positive experiences. On an unconscious level, we can block ourselves from wanting something that will bring us joy because we are so used to depriving ourselves. This question will take your life to a new level. 
This tip is particularly appropriate for our show today on aging. If we don't bring joy into our lives in our later years, just when exactly are we going to do it? Truly, it is now or never. And my next workshop, The Om Awakening, will also help you create positive change in your life. I'm the first teacher initiate and I'm grateful to be chosen to offer this workshop to you. Om is the sound of creation. It vibrates at the highest levels. The Om Awakening process will align you with the positive, loving, and enlightening vibration of the universe. Through this experience, you will open six new channels within your body, connect with divine energy, raise your vibration, increase your awareness of the divine, heal your body, see more through the eyes of your limitless higher self, your soul, release your fears and bring more light, love, health and usefulness into your body. We'll be meeting at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas. And if you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop in your area. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life, nourishment of the spirit. We will have choices. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with the information that's new on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, love, abundance, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Rabbi Rachel Cowan, who will talk with us about wise aging, living with joy, resilience, and spirit. Last week, we had a great conversation with Lynn Russell, who talked with us about what near-death experiences tell us about living. The show was filled with fascinating information and insights that people brought back from the other side. One awareness that may surprise you is that there is no hell in the afterlife, except the one that we create in our own minds, even on the other side. The same need to punish ourselves causes our destructive feelings of guilt here on earth. When we live, when we realize that we are all one and that the divine is pure love, there is no room for guilt or self-criticism. The logic of oneness with the divine is that if we criticize ourselves, we are criticizing the divine that is within us, and thus we are criticizing the divine. Think about that next time you feel guilt or engage in negative self-talk. 
you can hear this show or any other of my shows that you may have missed or want to listen to again by going to my website, paulajoyce.com, and clicking on radio show at the top of the navigation. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, which allows you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. While you're there, if you missed our first show of the year with Psychic Dwan Washington, I encourage you to listen to it. His show was our most popular one last month, and for good reason. The information was so important that I put it in a blog that is also on my website, paulajoyce.com. He told us how we can make this a spectacular year for ourselves, and at the same time, decrease destructive influence and the world like violence and global warming. This is a year that you can even change your destiny. Please check it out and then generously share the information with others who need it. Our show stimulated this email from Nathan. I have been wanting to become more positive in my thinking, but I don't know how to do it. What do you suggest? We all have good things in our lives, but we often take them for granted and only focus on what's wrong or what's missing from our lives. My favorite technique for becoming more positive is a gratitude journal, or as I suggested earlier this year, a blessing journal. It's very simple. At the end of the day, write down what you are grateful for. You can write down as many things as you want. If you are having trouble thinking of something, start with one thing that you're grateful for and work your way up to three or five things or more. The Blessing Journal is a specific kind of gratitude journal. It focuses on the blessings of wisdom, knowledge, and growth. All of us have at least one thing that we learned during the day or a food that we enjoyed eating or someone who smiled us or who said thank you. If you really commit to writing down your blessings or gratitudes every night, you will discover that a part of you is always looking for things to be grateful for. So you will have something to write down at the end of the day. As you continue this process, you will find more and more positive things to write down, which in turn will increase your positive thinking. I know this works because it's how I changed my way of thinking. My silver lining story for this week is actually a client story of change. Her childhood abuse resulted in an eating disorder along with other disruptive patterns of behavior. A few days ago, she received a call that her cousin had died. She described having an immediate feeling of starvation. Instead of going for the potato chips, which was her usual pattern, she found herself running toward the shower. Afterwards, she expressed her pain by crying. Her behavior confused her until she realized that she had had a healthy response to a feeling that in the past she would have tried to avoid. That she cried instead of trying to nurture herself with junk food was a profound shift in behavior. The news of her cousin's death triggered an end to some of her self-abuse and an emotional healing in a profound way. 
Her silver linings continued as she worked through her feelings on whether to go to the funeral, which would put her back with people who continually to emotional abuse her. Getting clarity on the fact that she wanted to go instead of feeling obligated to go will change her experience at the funeral and with her relatives. Choosing to grow through this painful experience is the kind of thing you write in a blessing journal. She has a lot to be grateful for, including that she is now stronger and more self-empowered. It isn't fun, but neither is being tormented by her past. She is growing in wisdom and in emotional health. Behaviors and attitudes that have tormented her into her senior years are falling away and being replaced with self-esteem and self-love. And that's how healing happens. As she releases the pain of the past, she naturally creates healthier behaviors that fit who she is now. What a beautiful silver lining. Doing what we want instead of what other people expect of us is a lifelong challenge. Most of us don't even begin to tease apart who we are from what other people want us to be until we're in our senior years. We're too busy playing out a role of breadwinner or gourmet cook or whatever we think should make us happy. One of my clients was struggling with whether it was okay to resign from a volunteer position that she had been talked into and was not enjoying. The flip side of that question is, what damage is she doing to herself and to the organization by staying when she's not committed? It's really better for the organization if she quits and opens up the seat for someone who will be a positive and committed contributor. More importantly, it's better for her emotional, mental, and physical well-being to not stay. Another client was telling me how she was sitting in a meeting and literally could feel her body wanting to run out of the room. Instead, she sat politely because she didn't want to hurt anyone else's feelings. The knot in her stomach for the next two days caused her to finally resign from the group. How much of your life is based on have to and should versus want to? We are not meant to be vehicles for somebody else to drive. We are meant to set our own course, and that means changing directions when we need to rather than wasting time and energy going where we don't want to go. I remember several times when I was invited to join a committee with the hidden expectation that I would chair the committee when new leadership was required. At the time, I had three young children, a marriage that drained my energy, a full-time job, and several volunteer positions in the community and in my professional life. I didn't have the time or energy or desire to add being a president or chair of yet another group. Saying no was hard for me, but in those moments, I chose not to meet someone else's needs. I was shocked at their hurt and anger. But uncharacteristically, I stood firm in my decision. 
I didn't realize it at the time, but had I accepted those positions, I would not have had the energy to say yes to what really interested me. It didn't appear in neon lights. It seemed like a small thing. I thought I was just offering to help get a coaching and leadership development program started at my workplace because no one else was taking the initiative. I believed in this project and wanted to make it happen. That interest became a passion, which led to my directing the program and my current career path. Saying no to what I didn't want gave me the time and energy to say yes to what I did want when it presented itself. The most amazing aspect of that experience was that it was the beginning of my discovering who I really am. It was the first time that I was doing something that felt authentically me. Previously, every job I had was something that someone needed done and I could do it, so I did. Finally, doing something that felt like me was one of the most exciting discoveries of my life. In fact, it changed the course of my life. I now felt the difference between feeling good about doing something and feeling the joy of deep emotional fulfillment and satisfaction. That led me to more discoveries of my unique talents, to hosting this radio show, to doors opening to new experiences that I never thought possible, and to a firm belief that the best is yet to come as I continue to unmask who I really am. And now I want to introduce our guest today, who is helping others do the same thing through her speaking and writing. Rabbi Rachel Cowan is formerly the executive director of the Institute for Jewish Spirituality and currently a consultant to the Institute's Wise Aging Program. She was named by Newsweek Magazine in 2007 and in 2010 as one of the 50 leading rabbis in the United States and by the forward in 2010 as one of the 50 leading women rabbis. She was featured in the PBS series, The Jewish Americans and has numerous publications, including Mixed Blessings, Untangling the Knots in an Interfaith Marriage, which she co-authored with her late husband, Paul Cowan. Her most recent book, co-authored with Dr. Linda Thal, is Wise Aging, Living with Joy, Resilience, and Spirit. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Om Awakening, this Sunday, or to schedule one in your area. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Then go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Rabbi Rachel Cowan to talk with us about Wise aging, living with joy, resilience, and spirit. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one of a kind breakthrough coaching session. 
Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 866 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down which of your roles bring you pleasure and which roles are you playing because you think you should. I'm so pleased to welcome Rabbi Rachel Cowan to talk with us today about wise aging, living with joy, resilience, and spirit. Welcome, Rabbi Cowan. Oh, thank you. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I I appreciate you very much. And um, I loved listening to you in person, which is why I invited you on, because I think what you have to say is so very important. And even the title of your book signals something so different from what most of us think about when we think of aging. You say living with joy, resilience, and spirit. Most of us think of pain and um, misery, That's true, but, you know, and it's true that as our bodies age, you know, they change and there is more pain and we do lose people that we love. We lose capacities we once had, but we have so much opportunity to also live very full lives, whatever our circumstance. And the more we cultivate, I think, our capacity for joy, our capacity for gratitude, you know, we we have... 
a much stronger spirit. And when the spirit is strong, even if the body is hurting, we can live with that. We can live with it, and we can have lives that are still full of meaning. And you were talking earlier about roles that you want or don't want, and when are we ever, if this is our opportunity to say, you know, it's one of the gifts of this time of our lives to say, you know what, I used to do that. I used to do that. I've always done this. But part of me always wanted to do something else. I wanted to try, maybe it's try doing something, singing, painting, learning something, writing something, gardening, um, you know, all, all kinds of things that we might have wanted to do but we never made time. Or we were so busy taking care of other people that we never thought, actually, what actually would I like? You know, very few people said to us, what would you like to do? So this is a time uh, to be able to think of such things. And I also think in the company of others who are developing this same attitude to, to aging, you know, we can have very wonderful conversations that help us find our way, find a way of, you know, looking at our lives. Sometimes we've told ourselves stories, you know, oh, I can't, I never, or we're full of anger and revenge and we can't let it go. And this is a time to be able to say, well, yes, actually, I could. I could try. I could see. Or I don't need this anger anymore. That happened a long time ago. The anger is hurting me. It's not hurting the other person. I'd be so much happier if I were able to forgive, if I were able to live with a mind that's more peaceful, a mind that finds the things that I'm grateful for, not the things that I'm complaining about. So I think that's a lot of the work that's open to us to do uh, at this time of life. And we wrote this book to help people do that kind of work. And, and, and how do they do it? I mean, when you've hung on to certain like you say, stories or belief systems or anger, it's so much a part, you know, it's it's like it's in your cells, it's your being, it's your whole way of being. And how after 60, 70 years of living that way, do you suddenly um, change course? Well, first of all, I don't think it's necessarily so Suddenly, but there is a decision we need to make is could I could this be better? Could I be happier? Could I be kinder? Because I think as we grow older, the more kind we are, the more generous we are, the more thankful, the more people are going to want to be with us. People don't like being with a cranky old complaining person. And as we get older, we really depend on relationships with other people. So I think that the um the way to work on it in our in our book, we write about having a wise aging group, you know, where we read the book and talk about that. But I think it's also if we take time to reflect, we take time because a lot of times we don't take time to reflect. There's also a very paralyzing um, idea about growing older that's actually not true. But many many people believe, well, once you are this way, you stay this way. And when you get older, you just get more the way you were. But in fact, a lot of research on neuroscience studying the brain turns out we have tremendous potential for change. All our entire lives, our brains, 
you know, are, are flexible. They're malleable. We can reprogram to tell happy stories and sort of choose to let go the, the sad stories. And so I think it's work that, I mean, I know it's work that with encouragement people can do. I've just so many people who've been in our groups have found them to be so transforming, you know, to, to start out with this possibility. What would be the happiness that I could find at this stage of my life? even if I'm grieving. I mean, my husband died when I was 47, and that was a terrible, terrible blow. But instead of staying in that place of why me, poor me, you know, I just I began to think, well, now what? And now what would I like in my life, and who can help me? And what resources do I have? And for me, spirituality is very important. A belief in God's love a belief that we all are essentially really good and what we have to do is sort of let our goodness shine, not be ashamed of it, you know, and um, find people to be with who also think that way. Because sometimes we can be with people who just are so complaining or cranky or cynical or doubting that it's hard to develop our own way of thinking and speaking. Um, But I was able to find wonderful communities of support, and uh, that same attitude of, okay, here I am, this is how it is, just saying many people are so afraid of growing old that they pretend it's not happening to them. Oh, I'm not growing old. 70, that's the new 50. But instead of sort of trying to deny our age, what if we said 70 is the new 70? Wow, what can I do now? I don't need to accept ageist stereotypes from the past. I don't have to think I'm, you know, have one foot in the grave. I just, I have a life now, and each day, how do I wake up with gratitude every day, you know? How do I say thank you to more people? How do I smile more? And at first, you feel self-conscious, but you can try just little teeny things, you know, until they feel comfortable. Um, yes, and it's interesting that you pick 70 out of the year because I turned 70 a few months ago, and I just feel this um, openness to the world and to life opening up as opposed to closing down because I have done and am doing so many of the things that you talk about in terms of reframing, rethinking stories, releasing anger, forgiveness, gratitude, so many of the things. And and some people who say, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for. I mean, we forget. We're, we woke up. We're still breathing. Right. We, you know, and today is a new day. Thank you for this day could have been otherwise. We could have not woken up. Yes. You know, sometimes I'll just be, well, I live in New York City in Manhattan, you know, and I'll be walking on the street and somebody will smile at me or I see a, a parent and child having a nice interaction or there's a beautiful flower stand and I think, wow, look at all these colors. I mean, you can really get accustomed to thinking that way. And at first you think, oh, that's so 
Pollyanna-ish, but it isn't. It just lifts your heart. It makes you feel better. And you, you, in Hebrew, the word for gratitude is recognizing the good. So the more you get practiced at recognizing the good, or when you have a moment of joy, noticing, oh yeah, I felt joy. And then the more you notice those little sparks, those little, I really call them sparks of light, you know, the little moments when your heart opens. You know, at first you think there aren't so many, but when you start to notice them and you don't expect them to be like huge and dramatic, but little and ordinary, you find there's really a lot. And it's sort of like the weight just gradually shifts from the gloomy side to the cheerful side. But of course, there are times when you're also going to feel really sad. Of course, the times you're going to feel down, but not to you know, not to deny that, but not to say, oh, okay, this is really it. This is how how it's going to be, you know. And, um, you know, as you said, old age is for sis- not for sissies. No, I'm just a sissy. I can't do it. You can just sort of say, well, that's how I'm feeling right now, but I can, this will change. This mood will lift, and then I can get back to that place of gratitude, Yes, and the and the more we allow ourselves to feel it in the moment as opposed to denying it or stuffing it down, then the faster it passes so that we can be back in that moment of joy. Exactly, exactly. Trying to push it away or pretend it's not happening just gives it more energy. But to say, ouch, my favorite, you know, teacher is a, meditation teacher named Sylvia Borstein, and she will just say, just patting her chest, say, oh, sweetheart, this hurts. You know, it's sort of a moment of self-compassion to say, I am down. This is hard. I am feeling sad. Oh, sweetheart, this hurts. You know, and then with that little bit of compassion for yourself, sometimes it helps, you know, it helps the mood pass and, and go on. I I love what you just said, compassion for yourself. So many of us are so busy giving to others that we don't give that same love and kindness and compassion and empathy to ourselves. I know. It, It really, really is true. And I think, you know, the teachings of religions are that we are made in the image of God, you know, we are just as beautiful as anybody else. We are just as good. You know, we can, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if, we're, if we love our neighbor as ourself, we love our neighbor and we love ourselves. But it's hard to, sometimes for some people, that's a hard concept to work on. You know, so. Well, we've often been taught that that's selfish or self-serving. right. right. But we can't really, we can't really <clears throat> love other, other people if we don't love ourselves because the love has to come from somewhere. And if it's in our heart, it can keep on flowing. There's never too much love. But if we don't have that well of love in our heart that includes ourselves, you know, the love will run dry and then we'll be stuck. You know, so just nourishing that sense of, yes, we... We are important. We do have value. This is good about me. That's good about me. You know, these are qualities that, you know, that I that people value, that I can value. I can appreciate myself for this. 
And I can say, look, my life has been really hard, and yet still I did this or this or this. So I think really spending some time, maybe even writing down some notes, make a list of the things I like about myself. You know, we always are writing down notes. These are resolutions we have to change. I will do more. I'll do less. You know, like something's wrong with me. I'll make it right. But what if we just made lists of what's right with me? Uh, I love that. And and you talked about God's love and that we are all good. And I'm thinking some people may have trouble thinking about good things about themselves. But if we were sort of looking at ourselves through the eyes of God's love for us, Mm -hmm. what would we see and to write that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, it, you know, and this this brings me to the fact that you co-wrote this book with a psychologist, and so many of us have given everything to our own healing to either psychology or the spirituality. And But the combination is so powerful to b- combine heart and mind and um, the divine and um, awareness of how we think and, and our emotions is so powerful in creating change. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it is important to understand why we are the way we are, which with psychology we get an insight that can be extremely helpful. But we also need that uplift, that sense of being connected to something larger than ourselves, you know. And I think particularly as we grow older, you know, and we do have a we do have a, a knowledge, we can't deny it, you know, at some point we will die, you know, and if we try not to notice that then it, the fear grows larger and we spend a lot of energy in suppressing it. But if we say this will happen, then we can say, well, then what's the opportunity now while I'm alive? What do I want to do still? But I also, you know, I came from somewhere. My life came from origins and it will go on. So whatever we believe about life to come or don't believe, certainly at least our spirit will you know, continue. We will live in people's memories. So, so we know that we, we didn't come into this world just to be tied up in ourselves and our own preoccupations. We came to be part of this world, you know, and to, to step into, there was some reason we were born and to find out what is that reason and what is it that's given to us to do. So, I think the spiritual dimension of aging is that helping us feel connected to whether we call it God, whether we call it community, whether we call it tradition, you know, whether we call it energy, universal energy, you know, it's some sense that there are things more important than my particular ego story that I want to accomplish this and have that and do this, but it's why, you know, how, it, the question is not so much what do I do, but how am I, how am I in the world? You know, my legacy is not going to be that I left, you know, well, certainly for most of us, we won't be leaving some building with our name on it, but we will be leaving uh, our legacy of how we were in this world 
and when when how we have been in this world is kind and generous and loving that's a legacy for our children for our families for our friends you know that's that's the teaching we will leave behind us and that will get carried on and and i want to carry on that discussion after our break, um, and and just sort of um, a summary, I think, of this last portion of our conversation, create that bucket list and include on that, who are you, why are you here, and what is your legacy? Um, I think that's beautiful. So I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my new newsletter, you'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, the still small voice within, and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in the space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It continues to be a gift that helps my clients heal at a more rapid rate than would normally be expected. And in terms of what we're talking about here today, it really combines psychology and spirituality. Now on your paper, write down which roles are you ready to let go? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Rabbi Rachel Cowan to talk more with us about wise aging, living with joy, resilience, and spirit. Be the change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down which roles you're ready to let go of because that will make room for what you really want. I'm so glad we're here with Rabbi Rachel Cowan to talk with us about wise aging, living with joy, resilience, and spirit. And we were just, we closed out the last um, segment of the show by talking about the, um, the big questions. Who are we really? Um, what kind of legacy do we want to leave? And, and how do we find true meaning in life? Those are big questions. How do people begin to tackle those ideas and and bring them into their life. Oh, so that's you're asking that question. Yes, yes. that is a very big question. Okay, I have a uh, a couple ideas, but one in our chapter two of our book, we talk about life review, and just to give you a very brief idea of it, we ask people to write down all the events that they can remember of their life in seven-year segments. So, like, from when I was born to when I was seven, you know, when I was seven to 14, and just write down everything you can remember about those times. And then you go back and you look at those events and say, which ones were were important? Which ones were times when I was really happy? And which were times when I was really sad? And when you look at the happy times, you, you really think about it. What made it happy? What made it so happy? Maybe it was a person I was with. Well, what about that person made you happy? Or something you did that you really loved doing? And sort of note those things. And when it was a really sad time, say, well, what's my strength? Who helped me? Did I ask for help? What did I do? How did I actually come out of that? And so you do, you know, you go through your life and you see that. And then you also, what's really interesting is you look at the sad times and you see that what flowed from that, you know, like did actually, even though it was something so sad, for instance, like my husband's death, you know, out of that, experience of his dying, his illness, his death, I was able to create some spiritual resources for people facing these um, situations that became very powerful. So I was able to help people out of what came. And in doing that, I was able to heal myself. Um, when a time was very happy, I, what I've noticed when I've done that, I was really happy when I was in nature, and uh, and so as I looked at my life, I said, I do have a lot of strength for when suffering is happening, and many sad things happen in my life. I have strength, like resilience. I bounce back, and out of the darkness, I did find light. So I can trust that in the future, I still will have that strength. But part of that strength was having relationships, you know, my two sisters, so I work really hard to be close to my sisters, to have friends that are really valuable friends, because I know that's a resource. The other is my inner life, my spiritual life, so I work hard to cultivate that. 
But then the good times, being in nature, I realized I live in Manhattan on the 10th floor of an apartment building. I'm next to a park, but, you know, what do I do to get in nature more? So I've been doing a lot more trips in nature, um, spending more time in nature, and from that I feel happy. And I've made friends who like to be also in nature, so hiking, kayaking, whatever. So that's just a little example of the way you could do that. And then it gives you also a sort of a map. Well, now in the years ahead, how do I have more happy times? And how do I strengthen my resilience, my inner life, my spirit, so that when the hard times get hard, I will have you know, ability to be there with them. I'll have the ability to get through it, the ability not to lose all hope and just fall into despair, but to say, this is really sad, I am so sorry, and yet life goes on and I'm still alive, and so are other people. You know, we we get very frightened. We say, oh, so many of my friends have cancer, and, and that's true for me, you know. And you start to think everybody has cancer. And then you look, how many of your friends don't have cancer? Many, many more. So how can I be there for my friends who are ill, which I, I make a priority to be there for them, but not to enter into the mentality of despair and fear, but to be there as a resource who has, has strength and, and vitality, and then to nourish that by having a life that is, you know, a very rich and full life. So I think that's kind of a a strategy for, um, you know, and in doing that life review, you say, oh, there was that time that person was so horrible to me, I'll never forgive him. And then you look and you say, well, wait, I was 30 then. I'm 70 now. You know, it's, it's true of one of my parents. You know, I was just at such a hard time forgiving my father. I just... I couldn't do it, you know, and then I began to say, well, look, he was young. He had suffered terribly in his childhood. He didn't want to hurt me. He just didn't know how else to do it. So even though I didn't uh, forgive him, I don't mean physically he wasn't abusive to me. He was just, you know, a sarcastic withholding person, that kind of character. You know, I didn't... um, you know, I could see he had been formed by conditions that he didn't control. And so it's not that it was okay what he said to me, but I didn't have to be angry at him. I could have compassion for him. And so now I feel much lighter because I'm not carrying around that old story. And so doing this kind of life review also helps you see the the grudges you could let go of, you know, and the and the relationships that really, oh, my gosh, my friend oh, she's still alive, you know, let me write to her, let me call her, let me see if we could visit each other, you know, and then we've renewed something from our past that gave us joy at that time. And um, so those are kind of simple things to do, but they actually have enormous consequences. Um, Absolutely. And this whole notion of forgiveness, I think, is a really hard one for so many of us because um, 
really what what I talk a lot about on the show is emotional abuse, which is what you experience, which Uh the experts say is even worse than physical abuse because it um, we don't understand it as abuse and the um, after effects are long lasting and I think that's one of the hardest things to forgive and yet as we when we hang on to that anger we truly do hurt ourselves right they say that like holding a grudge is drinking a cup of poison and expecting the other person to die you know that we we're just we're wrong as to where actually the problem is located, and it's located within ourselves. And to forgive somebody doesn't mean that you say it was okay what you did, and it doesn't even mean that I like you, and it doesn't even mean that I have to spend time with you. It just means I see, I have a context for seeing how what happened and why that might be, and I have some. Uh, either I say, and so, you know, out of my life, I'm letting it go. It's behind me. I, I'm not going to carry this energy anymore. Or you might say, I even have compassion, like I finally was able to do for my father. And that felt better because it wasn't just blocking him out, but it was saying he was a flawed person, but I'm a flawed person. Everybody's a flawed person. So many people suffer because they think they're supposed to be perfect when nobody is perfect. You know, so to see, be able to say, well, you know, he had his flaws. I have my flaws. I know, I, you know, trying to have compassion for my flaws, so I'll try to have compassion for his as well. I, I think that's so important, and, and we're going to close this portion of the show on on that. But I, I And I also want to add that what helped me in my forgiveness of, of my father was also an awareness that all of my life helped me become who I am today, including right. the emotional abuse. Right. And so Absolutely. in the end, there's a gratitude because we've developed the strength and the character and who we are. Right. That's a brilliant point. So thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us. What a treat to have you on. Um, I wish you a beautiful day. And I want to thank our audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page and to the store to purchase Rabbi Cowan's book, and mine. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 steps for healing the body, energy healing, the OM awakening, and the ultimate creative problem-solving process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. Literally thousands of 
angels and archangels and spirit gods of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and also directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, heart, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing. Click on the link to register for my Ohm Awakening workshop, then go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself. As you begin to experience success, please send me another email so I can read it on the air and we can celebrate together. Please join us next Thursday when Tobin Blake will return to talk with us about meditation and the role it plays in the healing process. In the meantime, if you have a difficulty in your own life or have an inspirational story to share, please leave a phone message at 214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. We'll be right back.